Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is January 16th. Happy MLK Day. Um, thanks for tuning in again, or if you're new, hey girl, welcome. I'm your host, Rochelle Ham, creator of MarriageMillennials.com, which is a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches women to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares younger women for family. To put things in my real time, the blog is in the strategically single phase, and what this means is that I do not address specific issues about marriage at this time because I'm not married. Instead, my current focus is teaching women to honor Christ before a man and preparing them for family if that is a current desire that they have. Now, before we get started, as always, I want to tell you where you can keep the combo going with me after the end of this podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. Um, this is going to be posted as well as every other podcast on the marriagemillennials.com website. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, which is backslash MF Millennials. My Twitter and IG handle is at Rochelle Ham. That's R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-H-A-M. So feel free to follow and talk with me there as well. Also, the podcast is on iTunes, so subscribe so that you won't miss a podcast. Just type the Marriage Millennials in the iTunes search bar and it'll pop up for you. It'll be right there. All right. Next, I told you I'm going to keep anything related to the MFM shop brief because last podcast it was a lot of information so in regards to the mfm shop dating detox course journey to abstinence course and marriage millennials cookbook are now available for purchase keep in mind that some of these items are free 99 and there are more items to come so thank you all for your present and future support i really really do appreciate it and i'm grateful to have you guys with me along each step of the way Alrighty, guys let's jump in Hey guys, I hope you've been well and I'm happy that you are here with me for another week to chat. Um, If you have been following, we have been doing the nine part series. Um, We started it last year and then after the break in December, we're kind of continuing the um, nine part podcast series. So this is going to be the sixth installment to that series um, that we started last year. This one being called What 2016 Taught Me About Courtship. I'm excited for a couple reasons this week. I'm excited to talk to you about this. I mean, we all love love, right? Loving relationships. But I'm even more excited to talk to you about this on this podcast because I actually have my courtmate, I call him. I actually have Sam with me, the guy who I'm courting, here with me on my podcast. So, hey, hon. How you doing, Bo? <laughs> Hi. Um, this is so, this is kind of cool that we're doing this for the first time. This is Sam's first experience with podcasting. So, welcome, honey. Thank you. Glad I you decided it. to do this with me. Okay. Yeah, I figured that there was no better way to talk about this in a way that touches all perspective, perspectives um, than with the person who deals with me every day. So, um yep. Welcome again, Sam, and appreciate it. And um, I think we have some cool um, things to say and share, so I hope you guys like it. Um, so just to recap, for those of you guys that don't know, um, Sam and I have been courting for about three years. And we are also practicing abstinence on our way to the altar. So um, we met from a mutual friend, and now here we are. I'm sure at another time we'll go into detail about how we met and all that, etc. jazz. But for now... Um, We are just going to jump into the topic of um, what 2016 has taught us about courtship. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
three years. What you, what did you say, Bay? Three years. <laughs> uh, growth, growth, a lot of growth we've been having since from the beginning all the way till now. It's been nothing but a journey that is full of excitement, full of maturity, and uh, definitely I love the way that God's been been maturing us together. It's lit, spiritually lit. There you go. There you go. Okay. I like that. All right. So. The first um, point, well, before I do the first point, I just kind of wanted to do like a brief intro of why we wanted to do this podcast. Um, Just because I think it's something that those of you who are inspiring godly relationships or those of you who are in a godly courtship, um, something that you should hear um, just in a different way from a different perspective and from two different people with our own spiritual mindset based based on the courtship that we're having, okay? So, all right. So the first thing we came up with is that courtship is hard. <laughs> Wouldn't you say, like, yeah, man. it is not easy. It's not easy at all. Um, I really, I remember there was a time in which we had called a friend of ours and we were actually trying to get advice on how we should deal with a particular issue. And she told, <laughs> she told us straight up, Oh, this ain't easy. I'm trying to it's, tell you. It's never I'm been easy. You. Never will be easy. It it was just a very realistic perspective, and 2016 definitely taught us those lessons. For sure. I mean, I think that it's crazy because it's like God lays the blueprint out for you, but in a way, like your Christian freedom and personality is like the wall card, and like you being a flawed sinner is the wall card, right? Free radical. And yeah. so it's just kind of like you read the Bible and you, you know, you see what you're supposed to be as a godly woman. You see what you're supposed to be as a godly man, yeah. and you're like, okay, I got this. I'm ready. I got my armor on. I'm gonna be the best court mate ever. And then you're like, but I ain't though. <laughs> Spectacularly fail. Exactly. exactly. And life is just like it will, it will always be bigger than me. I don't know anything. I cannot do this without God, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, um, I think that's the first thing we learned. Yeah, courtship is, yeah. is hard. <laughs> you know? Yes, it is. It's Indeed. definitely hard. Um, the second thing I would say we, we came up with, I'm sorry, is that um, we become closer every year on every level. You want to kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, um, definitely. We definitely become closer on every level, um, on every level except uh, physical. And the reason why is because we're guarding our hearts as we get towards that that uh, marriage aisle. But on the emo, I think it's so important not to get physical with your partner because then you are forced to know them. And I mean intellectually, emotionally, in and out, Rochelle knows me and sometimes she reads me and I don't like when she does it sometimes and sometimes I do like it when she does it because sometimes I'm ready to confront this particular imperfection in my life and I'm like okay you know what we're gonna take that to the next level you know what I'm saying and when it comes to taking it to the next level I'm ready to mature but then there are those embarrassing things that I really I really hate the fact that I'm not mature in this area mm-hmm. and she calls me on it and she <laughs> calls me to maturity and I, it's, it's all good it's nothing wrong with it but they're a little bit more. I'm a little bit more stubborn. I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely give you that. But the fact that she does it, I love the fact that she helps me mature as a man as I, um, you know, move forward. Right, and I guess um, when you're not being sexually active, you just 
do so many other things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and when you say, like, we get closer every year, it's, like, literally, like, my best friend. Like, you're not my best friend because you are pleasing me sexually. You're my best friend because I actually enjoy spending time with you. I can actually be my silly self around you. You can be your silly self around me. And the activities that we do... And I don't feel like we're lacking in, in regards to missing out on anything because we are choosing to be abstinent. It's like you really learn the art of conflict resolution and learning how to come to a consensus and a conclusion with your mate on various issues. So many various issues. Um, yeah, I don't even know how really to go into that part, but <clears throat> when it comes down to it, there are things in which me and Rochelle at first we struggled with from a biblical perspective because sometimes our personalities were like well is, is God telling us that we can't that we have to just be this and, and, and yeah we have to submit to scripture but at the same time there is that freedom that, that liberty that we have and we realize where it's at and where it's not at mm-hmm. and that was our major deal because there's no there's no way for example you and your partner y'all are y'all might be in a little bit of a tissel about the way that he said this or the way that he came across when he was in front of these sets of uh, group of people or whatever like that. And to him, he doesn't feel like there's any problem there. But then when he kind of looks at the scriptures and he kind of looks at the fact, well, no, then he also has to deal with the fact that there is no physical satisfaction that's going to just smooth this over. Right. Right. I can't just run to the bedroom and smooth this over, quote And I think that's probably why sex was made for marriage, because (laughs) sometimes you just need to, you know, sex it out with your spouse. You know what I mean? But at the same time, because y'all are able to talk things out and intellectually just put your your words on the table Mm -hmm. and come to uh, conclusions, then um, I just think that makes your relationship more whole. Right. Um, one of the things that Sam and I did on day one, we um, when we got to the point where he wanted to pursue me, um, he we basically he was just straight up. Hey, I want to date you with the intention of marriage and we're dating courting, really um, not dating, but we're courting for marriage. And if we realize that we are incompatible for marriage, we will cease to date. It's not no limbo, no nothing. And, you know, it's such a good freeing feeling to have that option. Not only that, but it brings us closer because having a relationship with that foundation, mm-hmm. it just kind of shows both of us that, okay, so are we going to like not get married because of this stupid issue no okay then what are we right. fighting for or you know and and which is kind of similar to marriage like okay well am i gonna are we getting divorced no god hates divorce so we're not going nowhere so let's we might as well figure it out right so and and that has caused us to um just become closer and just more of being um a best friend even on a deeper level than just activities and having fun even when it's even when it's, you know, the going gets tough and I'm not the best person to, to love and cherish and you're not the best person to love and cherish or respect or whatever God commands me to do for you, where you're still my best friend and I still can be a mirror for you to see your imperfection just like you do me, mm-hmm. but still be able to um, be a, a small sense of restoration 
to say it's okay let's move past this i'm fight we're fighting together not um against each other right mm-hmm. all right so the third one we spent a lot of time on that but i think we we dropped some gems babe. <laughs> <laughs> okay the third one is um that we came up with is the four p's and the Proverbs 31, Titus 2 women, are never-ending journeys. Um, I'll let you start on that, babe. But I think that um, there may be some women and men listening to this who may not know what the four Ps are and may not know where it comes from biblically. So um, you're awesome with this. So if you want to spread light on this, please. All right. The four Ps. The four Ps, um, essentially, I'm going to just dive into it. Um, four Ps are priest, prophet, provider, and protector. These are the things that a man should strive to be before he decides he's going to start um, putting himself out there as far as for courtship and seeking courtship with another woman. Um, I originally got this from one of my favorite pastors, Vody Bauckham, um, and I learned this year that it's one of those things when it comes to being well let me describe what each one is so yeah i was about to say (laughs) so you have a priest right priest means that you lead your family in worship you're the person who it should be evidently clear that you are a man of god that you are the one who is trying to make sure that your entire family is grounded in biblical worship number two would be prophet prophet is in the sense of a vision as a man you should have a vision you know, five, you've, you've, you've had these conversations throughout, you know, high school and, and college. And as you're coming out of those institutions, you should have a five, 10 year, you know, 15 year plan as far as for where it is that you want to go. And also be able to have enough vision and foresight to know where you see danger coming to your family. And um, just to say that, why the guy you court needs to have vision is because the Bible says that, woman, you are a helpmeet. So you're helping your spouse, your husband, you're helping his vision. So if he has no vision, then what are you helping? Right. So that's that's the reason why, you know, being um, a prophet in that sense in regards to vision is important. But go ahead, baby. And then you got protector and provider, which are pretty self-explanatory. You do want to be able to defend your family, first and foremost, that being your wife. And, um, you know, in the future, even kids. And then also, um, which is a protective provider, right? So you want to be able to provide for your family. Um, and these are, I think provider is one that um, is necessary because you kind of want that to be seen by your children, whether male or female children, because whether it be the males, they're going to emulate that themselves as they get older and they're going to want to do that themselves as they get older but also for the females they will make sure they gravitate towards men who do those things right 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 um and um you you, it definitely prevents it prevents you from especially for daughters because i I really am very protective of the young women in in particular because when it comes to daughters i I want them to be as feminine as possible. I don't want them to become too excessively masculine in which they themselves are having to pick up. I'm not saying that women shouldn't work. I really believe that they should. But in regards to what man they pick and the role that God has given them, I believe that in finding a man who fits those four Ps, 
it'll be the best look for them in the future. But then, so we were talking about basically, right, mm -hmm. the four P's in twenty sixteen, and you learned really, really quickly that <laughs> you never quite reach a, a level of a hundred percent on any of the P's, right? Right. So like, you know, there are levels at which I do want to be a better provider, and there are levels at which I do want to be a better priest. You know, what I'm saying I want to be a better, um, I want to have a better vision as far as prophecy. I do want to have make sure that I'm defending, you know, my future wife and engagements that maybe she might be on the defensive and I see people are kind of coming at her. Well, I don't want her to be, you know, hit, you know, in any way, shape or form by something that could damage her, whether it be emotionally or just intellectually. Someone just saying something that might be degrading in any way, shape or form. Right. You know, you're supposed to defend your women. Um, but all of those things were very most much so manifested some things i did better in and some things i realized Ooh, i got a long way to go <laughs> right. so yeah that's basically what happened yeah and then and in the woman version of that um for me would be of course proverbs 31 and titus 2 um it's just so there's so much depth in all the things that a godly woman should be and it is a never-ending journey like it's tough like even me, you know, creating marriage millennials, I wanted to be not only an example, but just an outlet source for millennial women to go to in regards to saying, like, being a 31, Proverbs 31 ties to women, it's cool. Like, there's nothing corny about it. But then I always have to check myself, like, man, you were not speaking kind words today. You you may have gossiped today. Yeah. Or you may not have been um, as submissive as you should have right. today. Or you may not have um, may, may, maybe you were slacking on, on my on my work ethic today. You know, Proverbs 31 woman, she got her hands dirty. Um, and so, it's a never ending journey that you constantly have to strive for. And it's it's great because you know that you know, Christians were not designed to be perfect. Jesus is that perfection that that is the only person who can be that. But it, it also always keeps you on your toes because, you know, as we kind of go to the next level in our relationship in regards to being engaged and et cetera, you know, after marriage comes becomes kids. And once the once you give birth, it's like it's game time and right. you immediately have someone looking up to you and it's 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 there's a lot of anxiety there like it's mm -hmm. it's it's, it's tough to think about and you just kind of like oh my gosh the the clock is ticking i need to try to get this um point as much as i can because there's going to be somebody else a little me and a little sam who's actually going to be looking to our every word and it's like you know how how do i you know how, how do i how do i teach my daughter to teach what is pure or to you know not to you know be drunk on much wine or to be a gospel or a slander if i'm doing it even when i if even if i'm not even thinking about it you know what i'm saying like how many like how many ways do we do the four p's and the proverbs 31 ties two thing wrong and we're not even thinking about it right and so it's just like i mean i do i do the things i do it all the time where i think of like um ephesians chapter five and um I think about what biblical manhood is supposed to kind of look like. There are times in which, and you know about these times, where I'm, I'm frustrated, maybe something happened at work or whatever like that, mm -hmm. and I didn't speak the kindest words to you. Mm -hmm. And because of those things, I realized, like, yo, I really got to learn to watch my tongue. 
as a husband because you can use it to uplift and bless your woman or you can use that tongue as a bludgeon. You can use that tongue as, as a sword in which you cut that woman and you mm-hmm. should not necessarily be using it like that. Right. And so can women because we can get Gillette. <laughs> we right, can right. get Gillette. Um, we can just, you know, slice them up. We have so many opportunities in which we can tear um, our 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 you know future husbands or current husbands down and sometimes a lot of times we take that opportunity mm-hmm. so um yeah it's definitely it's definitely hard but um that, that that's one thing we learn it's a never-ending journey and we stop trying to think that we were so great that we could control our own lives we stop trying to think that we would ever get to that point of of um perfection in regards to this i think that actually segues great into the next part about the patience that we have with one another yeah yeah yeah. because like there is there are several parts of 2016 that i can say i didn't deserve the person that i'm with i did not deserve rochelle and i I really felt like the fact that she stuck with me through that whoo i'm a lucky guy you know what i'm saying but yeah and yeah so you can go ahead and elaborate on that if you want to um, yeah, I think that, um, that's, that's another cool thing. We didn't put on the list, but whatever, we're winging it. But I, that's another <laughs> cool thing that I've learned just in regards to forgiveness and patience. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at it from an aspect of God shows me grace every day. So how much more should I show grace to the f- person who I've chosen to walk this path on to death do us part? Mm-hmm. You know, I should show him a little bit more grace. And that's one thing that you're really good at. That's one of the first things that I noticed about you. You being slow to anger and you just having grace. Giving people the benefit of the doubt. Even sometimes when I'm just like, kind of like a younger you. Like, they need to know what they did to me. You know what I mean? Or that like my popular phrase back and in the day. So, <laughs> and so, just, just learning to show grace and learning to forgive and learning what forgiveness actually means. Um, not just apologizing, but actually walking forth in forgiveness. Yeah, um, that, was, a, that was a big lesson of 2016, yeah. the whole thing about forgiveness as opposed to apologies. I think later on you can probably address that. Yeah, we can discuss that in another, in another it's podcast. definitely a good topic. To to yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is number three. We got two more to go. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Um, all right. Shit. So, the fourth one, one. the fourth one is breaking repeated generational mistakes. Right. Okay. So, this was a big one for my family in the sense that in Nigerian families, there's a lot of sense of ambition. Everything yeah. is... <laughs> Want to be going and working now. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and when it comes down to it, like really, like everything is about what is your business plan? What are you going to do? How are you going to, you know, achieve certain financial goals and stuff like that? But there's a degree to which um, there's neglect on the on paying attention to the ch- the child's emotional um, needs per se, because even though a man, by all means, shouldn't like what what happens is this: you end up having a hyper focus on the provider protector part mm-hmm. in Nigerian cultures. You typically provider protector is your main thing. You know what I'm saying? Even in American culture though, because you always have a man is quick to tell you why he's not ready to put a ring on it because he wants this level of success. Right. And it's right. like, okay, bruh. Right. And <laughs> and I really just I really felt as though there were some parts in which 
I, when it comes to my kids growing up, there. I mean, I've seen it in my own family where my dad even took a pay cut just to make sure that his son, you know, didn't go wayward and 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 and, and, and you know do certain things that he didn't do that he shouldn't do. So I've seen that as an example, but there are examples also in which I've seen that. In not being a little bit more hands-on with your kids, mm-hmm. you can, in, in fact, put them out into a world unprepared, mm-hmm. and then they end up, you know, interacting with their fellow peers, and they're not prepared to do that in a godly way. Right. Um, there are plenty of times in which I kind of realize that, you know, my hyper-focus on an ambition might actually, or even the fact that, like, I never really saw, you know, like a super, super lovey-dovey type relationship between my parents like that. Mm-hmm. That I mean, they love each other, don't get me wrong, but we never saw it mm-hmm. like that. We never saw it in on full display like that. It was mm-hmm. more so like we know they love each other, but as far as like, you know, kissy-kissy or anything like that, we didn't see that per se. Um, yeah, and I think it just goes into the idea of when you get married, you leave and cleave. And in regards to breaking repeated generational mistakes, there are a lot of things that we just do via habit um, from what we learned and who we are a product of. And um, sometimes that's not the right thing, biblically, mm-hmm. or just even morally. Sometimes it's just not ethically, whatever. Sometimes it's not the best thing and so we you know you learn at a certain point is that yeah thank you mom dad auntie uncle cousins and all that thank you for your services and what you've done for me this far but now this is my family that i'm getting ready to create right and i get to add some things that you've taught me Mm -hmm. and i also get to subtract some things that you've taught me and so um that's another thing that we um are more comfortable doing at this point we identified those things that we want to subtract that that was taught to there are some negative things that each and every one of our parents, because I mean, the fact is, we didn't have perfect parents. No one had perfect parents. Right. No one does. But there ever are, since Adam, right? But there are certain people who just they just like okay, they well, don't my really mom think did about it, it, so therefore yeah. I can do it. My daddy did this, so therefore I can do it. And it's, it's there's certain degrees to which we have to realize some of those things were actually good that our parents did, and some of those things were not. And once we identified those in 2016, I think it did us a world of uh, of help um, and service to us because. It's just something that now that you've identified it, you know how not to do it. Or you know when you are doing it. You know, because then your partner will tell you even, like, you know, there's there's times at which, you know, it, it's not something that you want to hear per se. But someone will tell you, you, act, you, you are so your daddy's son right now. <laughs> you your daddy's son. Hey. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are so your daddy's son right now. Or, or you know, you being just like just like your mom right now and, and 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 those things when they're said you start to identify them like oh wow yeah yeah i need to work on that i, I shouldn't yeah okay yeah man so um yeah so i think we covered that so the fifth and last one is christian friendships um we've basically just learned the beauty of being surrounded by others that um point us to christ mm-hmm. in their friendship um with us and in support of our relationship. 
Right. You want to touch base on that? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I have uh, developed uh, new friends, and I've stepped out of my boundaries or my comfort zone, I would say. Um, and I, don't get me wrong, I love my old friends, everybody from college and high school. You guys are excellent, and you guys are always forever have my loyalty. But at the same time, and and kind of stepping out and seeing, you know, on a Christian level, how I can have a friendship with somebody that edifies me and that I'm just cool with, that I can just hang out with and just talk about regular stuff too. I just felt like I was able to find that, um, well, I would say 2015 and 2016 for the most yeah. part. And we, when we got to know, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put their names out there because we haven't actually asked them if it was okay to name them like that. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll that have special on the Nigerian couple up <laughs> in Alpharetta with the beautiful daughter. Oh my goodness, you guys have been very much so a helpful, um, a helpful couple to us and, and a great example of kind of what we want to attain and what we want to do in life and just a great you know just not even just like a, not even something like a big brother thing but more so like a peer thing a peer-to-peer yeah. where it's like yeah they totally edify us they totally let us know if we're going wrong if we're in sin on something they'll let yeah. us know if um there are areas in which we can get more serious on this particular issue or whatever like that they totally are just on every level they will love you they will let you know and push you to be better. And at first, I will say this. I did not think that on just a Christian level that you could be friends with someone. I really didn't think that at first. Yeah, because but, sometimes you meet someone and um, it's either it's either two things. You meet a Christian that is... I don't want to say the word lukewarm because that still has its own flaws in itself theologically. But like... You find a person who's kind of just like they're Christian, they're a good person morally, but just in regards to like really being the Bible being the center of their life and how they operate, they don't quite have it all together. So you find yourself selling yourself short or straddling the fence to where you do things and you're constantly convicted about it. And and but the person's still Christian though. So like they're right. not that they're a bad person. They're just not there. And and that or then the other extreme that you meet this person who's super theological, but it's like they have no personality. And right. you're like, I'm. I get you. I understand. <laughs> and I love the Bible as much as you do. But I don't need. I need you to not be boring. You know what I mean. And so I feel like um, we we got that balance. We got that. We got that. Um, we got that that balance um it's just such a blessing to be around people that just generally have your best interests at heart um and also who see the good in you as a flawed sinner like sometimes even as as christians that's one of the things I'm, i'm learning sometimes even as christians like you know when things are good we love each other as christians but then when conflict arises we hate each other as if that other person is a non-believer. Mm-hmm. And we don't say, um, hey, you know what? You sinned against me, but I'm going to show you grace. Or I've sinned against you, so I'm going to come humbly and ask for forgiveness. Or, um, you know, it's not necessarily a thing where, like, our relationship is ever going to be um, broken up. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're going to apologize for your your sin. I'm going to forgive you. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just a blessing to be in a situation where you know that, you know, these people aren't going anywhere. And you know that you can come to them if you have any issues. They're married, by the way. Um, so it's a great couple. It's a great thing to look forward to. Right. Um, and so 
but it, it's just it's just it's just a blessing to have that um and i think that um that that was one of the things that we really loved about 2016 is just um being around those people who edify us and constantly point us to christ mm-hmm. i totally agree all right so um we're kind of at the end of the podcast but what um we wanted to do is just kind of wrap it up with a um what i love about you and just like final remarks to each other <laughs> um so i'll let you go first all right what i love about rochelle Kimberly Alyssa Ham. Yeah, put a whole name. government name <laughs> out there. All right. Yeah, man. Like honestly, what I love about her is that everything about me, for the most part, I feel like she knows. She is my best friend, and I've never met anybody who pushes me like she does to be better. And that's where I was so thankful. It's almost like it's kind of weird, but like. There's a degree to which I saw my mother do that to my father to push him to become a, a, a better man. And I really got that um, for the most part. I literally saw that reflection in her when I saw her. I know that my mom's not the epitome of perfection at all. But in that aspect, I so much admire her and I'm so lucky that I found her. It's almost like God just brought those paths together. And I mm-hmm. really love that about her. I love her personality, her sense of humor. She's definitely just like chilling with one of the boys, but at the same time, there is that aspect to which it's like, yeah, she's not one of the boys, and I romantically am pursuing her, and I can't wait until it comes to its culmination, at least somewhat of a culmination of a new chapter um, with that wedding that's going to be coming up soon. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you. I really appreciate that. But, um, so, <laughs> um, like, yeah, beef me up, beef me up. But, um, so, okay. Tell um, me more. Right. Um, so what I love about you, I love that you are so intelligent, not just, um, you know, in current events, but biblically as well, you go the extra mile. Like when everyone else is just kind of going based on like just the wind of the world and what they say, you are the one who are actually is is actually researching this, the articles, the sermons, the it's like constantly in you, whether it's from politics to the Bible to economics, like you are on it. Like you are you are a nerd. And it's so cute, like you know what I mean, like, and and to me, let's and to me, it lets me know that I have someone who's not just the status quo. And sometimes that means that people don't understand you. Sometimes that means that even your your own friends now, the ones who have known you for years, for some reason, they don't say, "Let me listen to his character." They just say, maybe he's going great. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes that means that you have some type of resistance. Um, but I think that as you grow, you realize that the people who know you and love you know exactly what you're doing and where you're coming from and that you're actually ahead of the game. Um, I also love the fact that um, you are such a man of God. Um, you lead me. There are times when I am doing a good job at being a, a godly woman and you'll let me know you'll you'll kind of 
praise me for that. And then there are also times where I'm not and you will check me on that. And I love that. You know, I hate to see a relationship where a girl just kind of lets their guy run wild biblically or a guy just kind of lets their girl run wild biblically without saying, hey, this is not right. And even though I don't like it all the time, I know that I have someone in my corner that's not that's not going to say yes to me on my way to destruction. And so I love that. Um, I love your sense of humor, too. You and I can literally just be as silly as possible. And it's nothing. Like I said, sometimes it's just like hanging with one of the boys. But you know that I'm also super feminine, super sensitive, um, wants to be loved, wants to be cared for, very loyal. Um, you were even saying that yesterday. Um, and you get that about me. A, a, a lot of people kind of think that it's like either or. And for some reason, God has just given me the personality where I... I, I just meshed the two together. And that's difficult for people to grasp, but you get me and you grasp that. And so I love it. Um, you are always pushing me to Christ. You're always, um, you know, encouraging me to get in my word more, even though I've kind of, I kind of have my own, I have my individual relationship with Christ, but you always push me to do that. You always, if I make any move, we always relate it back to scripture. How is this um, edifying? Or how is this what God is calling us to do? Um, you are a provider um, in the best way that you can be in regards to your own life. I see it in the, you know, your own things that you have going on for yourself. Um, you, you are very protective. Um, and you do have vision for where you want to go for our family. Um, and yeah, I think I kind of covered that. So yeah, thank you for dealing with me when I'm not the, you know, best person to deal with. Thank you for loving me when I am the best person to deal with. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I really look forward to, um, our future with you. Yeah. And, um, I love it. Any final remarks before you wrap up? Hey man, um, we have an event coming up. Oh, yeah, we have an event coming up, but we will share that with you in a couple um, podcasts to come. OK, it'll be um, next month, but we'll get more into detail in it. Then. See, he was about to give it away. Y'all. I had to I had to get him. <laughs> but yeah. Well, well, in closing, I do want to say that um, I really do appreciate the time that you guys have uh, given us to discuss our relationship with you guys. And um, I really hope that in the future that um, you will share this and that you will let other people know about Marriage for Millennials. It's a great podcast. She is very vulnerable. And at the same time, with her being vulnerable and outspoken about these things, I think it'll very it'll be very much something that will be endearing to those young girls coming up and even her age mates as well. So I really do appreciate the time that you have given us to share our relationship for show for show Alrighty, guys well that's all i have for you today thank you so much for tuning in um remember this is going to be posted on the site marriagefamilies.com so if you have any questions feel free to comment below on that post or visit the facebook page backslash mf millennials um, my twitter and ig handle is rochelle ham so feel free to follow and talk with me there as well um and the podcast is on itunes so subscribe so that you won't miss a podcast also rate 
this for me I would really appreciate it um, share this to anyone who you think that this will help as well so I thank you for advance for your support um, I hope that you have a great rest of the week and remember to look for a second thing to be grateful for the first thing being that you're alive alrighty guys love you ladies take care Hey guys, Rochelle here coming to you with another PSA, a public service announcement. Just wanted to give props to the music on this podcast. The first song you hear is from Myron Butler and it's called Set Me Free. And that's my jam. And the second song that you're listening to right now is called Drowning by KB. Um, I encourage you to listen to the songs and if you love them as much as I do, purchase them. Um, thanks a bunch for supporting Christian content creators. See you next time. Bye. Never found joy, I can only find distractions. I'm trying to kick it, catch me.